Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast, where we discuss the business of cybersecurity. Here are your hosts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, Randy Bryan, and Ryan O'Hara. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Security Squawk Podcast. I'm your co-host, as our as our hacker guy said earlier, Brian, here with Andre, Randy, and Ryan. Yes, Ryan. I kind of miss the music. That that guy's way too serious. <laughs> way too serious of an intro. We need to, we need to bring back the uh, pointless rock music. Yeah, can we, can we like overlay the two and just like you know have the guy talk over the rock music? I think that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm shooting for next. I'm gonna get to see if I can hire Rob Zombie to do a combo, no, I, a combo yeah. of the two. But but yes, you gotta have the super serious guy talking over the like the. the incredible uh, rock music i think that's i think for about 40k music. you can have eminem mix you a little thing and we'll just do that man that'd oh, be okay can, can i do that on cameo <laughs> <laughs> anywho right, everyone out there in inner inner web lands uh welcome to the show where we try to help you understand the business of cybersecurity. it's simply put we educate you on what's going on out there and how it impacts you, your life, your business, and how you can better protect yourself moving forward. Our hope is that you learn something from us, that you take something away. And if you do, you share the show, rate us, and keep listening to us. That's how you help us out, how you help the algorithm, how you help other people find us without you telling them to go here, go there. Um, if you keep doing that for us, we'll continue to bring this stuff to you for free every week like we do. And uh, not bore you with ads and annoying promotions throughout the show. We just give you the goods and we talk about what the heck is going on out there. So maybe we can get some product placement deals, though. That'd be cool. We should. We should <laughs> totally. Like two-factor authentication apps and stuff like that. You know, you can you can email me and uh, there's <laughs> always your, a price. Send your offers. <laughs> But no, we really appreciate our fans and everyone who listens to the show. It, it helps us out a lot every time you do, and we appreciate all of you. And today, we're going to repay you by bringing you the goods and talk to, talking to you about what's going on out there with cybersecurity, as it's only been seven days since we updated you the last time, and so much has evolved, and I wouldn't say changed, but we are moving at a quick pace here, and at both the wall making and regulation level and we'll get into that a little bit plus also how quickly these cyber criminals are adapting and changing to what's going on out there and how quickly they're exploiting a lot of things that are happening at a very quick pace almost i kind of feel like we're we're in a spot where things are happening quicker than humanity can react to <laughs> just to put it nicely so as a result of all this craziness, we have a lot. We're seeing a lot of business email compromise, guys. I don't know what you're seeing in your businesses, um, but we're seeing a lot of companies coming to us trying to get help because they got somebody deep in their email, deep in their systems and causing problems and havoc and getting in in ways that people didn't even know that you could get in um, without going into great detail and, and kind of going off on a tangent about it. We're seeing a lot of it and Congress got hit with the same as well. It sounds like, and uh, our U S Congress was breached 
um, by uh, cyber criminals in the last week or so. I think it happened shortly after the, the last show. Uh, and it only goes to prove what we've been saying on the show all the time. The hackers don't care. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just a, an IP address or a house number to them. Once they get in, they're kind of in there figuring out what they have and they figure out what they do with it after the fact. So whether you're, you know, a person of one or a person of 1 million, um, you're a target. And whether you believe that or not, um, that's what you need to learn. So, uh, you know, and even the big guys, I think they have the best security, like, you know, our U.S. House of Representatives found out that this week that members and their staff, after uh, they found out they were victims of a data breach, after their accounts and sensitive personal information was stolen uh, from DC Health Link servers. And that is an organization that administers the health care plans of U.S. House members and their staff and their families. Impacted individuals were notified today of the breach in an email from Catherine L. Spinzor, the U.S. Chief Administrative Officer, as first reported by the Daily Caller. Uh, she went on to say in a letter that the D.C. Health Link suffered a significant data breach yesterday, potentially exposing the personally, personal identifiable information of thousands of enrollees as a member or employee eligible for health insurance through the D.C. Health Link. Your data may have been compromised. Currently, I do not know the size and scope of the breach, but I've been informed by the Federal Bureau of Investigation that account information and PII of hundreds of members and house staff were stolen. It is important to note that at this time, it does not appear that members of House of Representatives were the specific target of the attack. And that kind of goes back to to what I was saying in the beginning. It's like these hackers weren't targeting, like they weren't saying like, let's target HealthLink or let's target uh, U.S. House of Representatives. They they targeted a a, a number, a, a a, just a random number to them at the time. Once they got in, then they it was revealed to them or they had enough information in front of them where they could figure out what they had. Right. Oh, crap. This is good. Right. Oh my God. We looks yeah. like we just uh, hacked a, uh, somebody that manages the healthcare uh, system for the U.S. House of Representatives. And, and I um, like how the, the message said hundreds, uh, but then when you actually read a little bit further, the, the amount of data that's up for sale, 170,000 some records. That's pretty massive. Indeed. We're talking public, uh, um, we're talking personal information like emails, phone numbers. I mean, this could be used by rogue countries to specifically target house members, send out more um, more phishing emails to those to that particular list so you can get onto their computers and do kinds of bad stuff there. Like this has a lot of implications, man. Is, I mean, I know I always say this, but this is bad. The the, the juicy update at the very bottom, though, uh, they confirmed in a letter uh, that the House Speaker and Minority Leader confirmed in a letter to the head of the D.C. Health Benefit Exchange that the FBI had purchased some of the stolen information put up for sale. Isn't yeah, it the same FBI that says we shouldn't be buying and, and paying for ransomware? I got to know what they're dealing with, I guess. Yeah, it's um, I'm going to pop up and share the screen here real quick because a number one, I'm pretty sure that's uh, databreaches.net that where that's from. 
Um, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is how the FBI operates. And, and the mm -hmm. sad part is, is this is probably how this went down more than likely is that the FBI monitors this site. They saw this, they were like, okay, let's reach out to this person and buy some of this stuff, see what it is and see if it's legit. And they did, they bought it. It's legit. They figured out where the possible source could come from. And then they went to this organization that's headed up by, uh, miss uh catherine here and they told her that your stuff is being sold out on the surface web mm -hmm. um they had no idea that this was going on until the fbi reached out and said we found your data somewhere and <clears throat> that's not uncommon that's not un uh, an uncommon way for a business or a private company to find out that their data is on a cyber criminal server is because the FBI found it there first and decided, Hey, you know what? We better give this company or give this organization a heads up in hopes that they can secure things a little bit better than they are today. So yeah. what do you guys think about this? I mean, this is pretty crazy, Andre. What's, uh, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, what's going on here? I mean, the same people that are supposed to be, I hope this, I mean, it doesn't even seem like it's a wake-up call because I think you mentioned offline is, you know, Congress and, and um, the representatives, they're dealing with the banking crisis right now. But if anything, this should have been a wake-up call. Imagine you have the power and the ability to make laws and change laws to um, make cybersecurity better. And here you now have your staff and your, even possibly your information out there um because of this data breach yeah so pretty rough am i muted sorry no and then i have up there on the screen is actually a screenshot of the letter which you know i love the fact that they do what everybody else does in the world and throws up the old uh here's uh what you should do monitor your credit put your stuff on credit freeze here's how you do it here's the three companies you should call to do it with I mean, it trickles no. from the top. If they're doing it like this and this is their response, that's just, how it's going to be. I, I mean, to me, it just shows you this state of cybersecurity and where we're at right now with cybersecurity. If this is the common answer to what's going on, the fact that, you know, kind of going back to my car and car safety analogy, the fact that we're still operating in the world with unlocked credit files as the default is like again mm -hmm. telling people yeah there's seatbelts in your car use them if you want i mean everybody's credit at this point should be locked and the yeah. only way that you can apply for credit is if you go in unlock it because you know you're about to go apply for credit mm -hmm. that's got to be the default moving forward not hey go you know go in after the fact and you know go secure your credit because this happened look this is happening multiple times a day to thousands of companies around the world and you know as much as we want to say uh you know people need to take their own security in their own hands well yeah i agree with that but at the same time you got the white house coming out with their cyber you know, resilience or whatever plan they came out with last week and basically said tech companies need to start, you know, 
doing the protection for the individual because the individual can't be responsible for this stuff is essentially what it said. Right. And now you're turning around where, where's the, where is the, where, when are we going to hold the feet to, uh, to the fire for these credit companies since they kind of play a role in all this? Um, you know, we can't, we can't play this game of cybersecurity without, you know, including the credit card company or the credit reporting companies, because they're mainly the things that these cyber criminals are going after when they want to try to monetize, you know, the, the theft of this data. Mm -hmm. So when do we hold those credit? I just got a ESPN update. <laughs> when, do, when do we hold those credit reporting companies feet to the fire and say, look, it's now time to just change the way we do this. Everybody's credit's locked. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying convenience over security. They don't want thousands of people uh -huh. knocking on their door saying, hey, I'm trying to do a, a, a simple bank application at uh, yeah. Macy's or something and, and you're holding me up. They don't want to deal with that. Right. And we'll have to have a whole nother framework because of the way it's done now. You have to have you have to be a certain level of technical expertise or you have to know to hire somebody to go in and lock your credit account. Right. Um, there'll have to be a whole nother framework if it's locked by default. Um, yeah. I mean, basically the lender. Right. The person giving you the credit would would have basically in their process it's right you're, you're andre hit the nail on the head it's too easy right now to apply for credit like you can literally apply for a credit card in less than five minutes mm -hmm. right and be approved or not approved right maybe we need to slow that down a little bit to where we're you know uh, hey did you go unlock your credit file and you can't proceed with the application until you confirm your credit file is unlocked that type of thing needs to be important. But, but it, it ends up just being a road uh, a roadblock or a speed bump for them because, I mean, in, in most cases, if they're applying for credit anyway, they've got, you know, a certain amount of information to, you know, what's going to stop them from going in and just adding that as a step, unfreezing your credit and then running it. So right. there's got to be some some really strict, you know, going back to Randy's, uh, you know, talk about having a specific framework. There's got to be some uh, – different steps and different information that you need to go through in order to unlock the credit in order to run it. So, yeah. And I would almost say, uh, Brian, before we move on to the next one, please. Um, I would almost say that that letter that you had up on the screen is it's really a nothing burger The y yes, you should have your, your credit locked and yes, they could use your credit. Um, so lock your credit, but the bigger picture here, they have the personal information of 170,000 people. What does that mean? There's 480 something Congress people at a time, right? So we're talking entire families, entire families of staff, you know, people up to 25 years old are, are currently covered. That means you've got a whole group of young adults that are, that are related family that have to have their own email address, phone number, ID, all of that to get into their health stuff by law, all of those people can be targeted now. And so like, yeah, so maybe the congressperson and the staff, maybe they're locked down with some kind of cybersecurity the house does, but their 18 year old who's at home, who's a senior in high school is not. And so 
send them that email, that business email compromise, but it's obviously do a personal email, get into their computer. And that opens up the entire the entire family. They're at their place of residence or wherever they're working or whatever. So it's a pretty big deal. On, on top of the fact that th this information isn't exclusive to just like those types of things. I mean, that's a lot of uh, identifiable information that's used to confirm uh, you know, your identity when you're when you're talking about any type of account. I mean, they, these could be used to call somebody's bank and and verify that that they're you know somebody else entirely and get them to change the password and transfer funds. So yeah. All right, guys. So we also have uh, Amazon now owned Ring reportedly suffers a ransomware attack, and I saw things around this last night and then i saw some things this morning and they're saying this alf v ransomware gang has uh threatened to leak stolen data if the company refuses to pay the ransom now um i don't know if it says it in this article i'll kind of go through it uh real quickly but uh, ring a home security and smart home company owned by amazon has reportedly suffered a ransomware attack by Russia-linked Alfv Group, according to a tweet by VX Underground. The ransomware group, also known as Black Cat, has posted the company's logo on its website, along with a message that reads, there's always an option to let us leak your data. The group has threatened to leak the stolen data if the company refuses to pay the ransom. It is unclear what data has been stolen or what ransom has been demanded, but the potential implications for customers could be severe. As a provider of home security and smart home systems, Ring may have compromised customers' recorded footage or personal information, such as credit card numbers, mailing addresses, phone numbers, names, and passwords. Um, <clears throat> and then the article goes on to say that this isn't the first time that Ring has had an issue. Uh, and then Alf V uh, has uh, been become a the most a more active ransomware group but if they're kind of an offshoot from black cat that's no surprise because black cat was a very large prolific ransomware group so that being said guys uh here we go um this seems like a little bit of whisper down the lane to me uh because this started as like a data breach and it seems that the source is the data leak site ring has since uh come out with a message saying they're unaware of any ransomware event at their company. Um, you know, where, what do you guys think? I mean, let's start with that right there. Do you guys think that one, nothing to see here? <laughs> Although specifically stating unaware is, is a weird way of putting it too. So then, you know, either you're, you're inept or, or you're lying, you know, if it does come out that you got that. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, and, and we, we, you know, I think, based on what we've talked about on this show over the last year, it seems like since things have changed with uh, how they handle ransomware events these days, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If there is some kind of an event going on, it's just that the lawyers involved are telling uh, the company to keep things very, very, uh, you know, tight lipped. We are um, unaware of an encryption event. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they they got to have a better playbook than that. I think that's a very poor response. Yeah, and I think that you guys would both agree with this state, or every or all three of you would agree with this statement that we rarely see a ransomware group or a hacking group, especially of this mm -hmm. magnitude, a group like this, come out with something on their leak site that wasn't something that they actually had. 
I mean, it seems right. like the better play here would be just to go radio silent until you know more, as opposed to claiming that you that nothing's going on. There's nothing to see here. True. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, this isn't. You know, no, let's nobody think that cyber criminals kind of play uh, bluff like you do in poker. They're not bluffing here. They don't. They don't go out and just slap companies' logos on their on their leak site and say like, "Hey, we're going to leak data." Just to scare them when they don't really have any. Well, they rely on credibility, right? So, like, 100%. You know, that's that's one of the first steps in, in dealing with an event is evaluating the the group that is doing the attack. Because if right. it's a group that's known to not, you know, uh, live up to their expectations when their ransom is paid, people just don't pay. So the credibility for these guys is a big deal. Right, and that being said, you know. The, this is going to look really bad for ring because they're right now they're playing it off as like, nothing's going on. Like we're not aware of anything, but God, if your data is being stolen, I hope you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. and especially and a company of this size. I got to imagine they have Amazon level security. This isn't just some, some company that Amazon bought and just kind of let it run its own way. Right. And this so, is potentially like, you know, camera information, camera data, too. And, uh, you and would hope that that's not the same system that was breached here. You never know. But I like, know. I mean, people think of Ring first and foremost as like the doorbell camera, but they've got like a, um, you know, a, a full line of security. Yeah, cameras. they characterize them as a home. I think the article said they were a home security and smart home company. I'll give them that. But I know a lot of businesses that have their stuff. Mm hmm. <laughs> well, and a lot of homes that that have their stuff too. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who use you know these types of cameras to you know monitor their kids. So you right. got you know, and, and quite frankly, I would recommend a system like this before I recommend a Hick Vision. Yeah, if somebody is like Brian, well, I got to get security cameras. I'm going to say, well, get a Ring. Don't buy that cheap Chinese. You know what? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Hick Vision or Huawei or whatever else is out there today. Um, you know, I would 100. percent buy something like this uh over that so although um, there's a lot of sketchy stuff on amazon's uh website for sale it doesn't really make me feel more hardly any more comfortable that amazon owns a ring no um, always segment your networks folks don't mm -hmm. go slapping a ring system into your main corporate network I'll always get, I don't care what kind of system it is, get it on its own damn network, not on your corporate network for sure. I don't but even I would, about the same network with, with my home device. <laughs> all things being equal and setting them up the same way, the proper way, Randy, I'm going with this over, over Hick Vision. So, sorry. Definitely over Hick Vision, which I think it's Hike Vision, but whatever. Depends on what part of the country you're in when you're just Texas, we call it Hick Vision. <laughs> I figured it was that was a racial slur down there, so <laughs> I could see why. Oh, you... <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> All right, so moving right along. Anything else we want to uh, talk about here with uh, this Amazon-owned ring? Where do you guys think for more information on this yeah. one? I just want to do a quick prediction. Who? Where is this going to end up? Well. Mm -hmm. Should definitely be. We should keep our eye on it because they've basically said nothing so far. So the sky's the limit here. This could be pretty bad. Next holiday is July, so July, July fourth uh, weekend. 
All right. Get something else on July 4th. Got the calendar. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. I mean, they they could drop it on St. Patrick's Day when everybody's drinking their green beer and watching (laughs) March Madness. Nobody nobody notices. That's a that's a great point, right? I'd be surprised if this weekend is a big weekend. Uh, but I wouldn't. No, I mean I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. from the standpoint of that's really smart if they chose this weekend. But I just don't think it's going to be on their radar to think Saint that. St. Patrick's Day is on on a Fridays tend to get a little rowdy. So. Oh, oh, it's going to be wild this year. So. All right, guys, SpaceX. Uh, looks like one of their contractors got hit. Um, Another contractor. It's always the contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's an interesting point um, that I'd say it's always the contractors. And, and, and I say things sometimes simply like that. And my brain, it, there's a lot behind my words when I say those things, I guess, is what you can easy way to say it. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things I've learned about companies, when we, especially when you're talking about large companies and mid-market companies, you know, and, and this is, and the reason I point this out is because, you know, I think the four of us can agree we've all built our businesses on the backs of small businesses and we're used to dealing with those types of businesses. But as you know, my company moves into dealing with more mid-market companies um the uh i don't try to pick the right word here the common use of contractors as opposed to employees at these level of companies i think is far greater than most people's perspective unless Mm -hmm. you're in that world um so to hear something like uh, a contractor gets breached, right? And this is kind of where I'm going with this. I, I think a lot of times when you hear a contractor gets breached, especially in these types of scenarios, you kind of take a step back and go, oh, well, it wasn't the company. It was a third party that they use, right? But I want to illustrate what these third parties really look like. It, it's not like an outside vendor who's like delivering water once a week and that's all they do. And they're very, you know, unimportant piece of of the cog in the wheel right they just put water in your in your break room so your employees are happy right that that's really what it is at the end of the day um that's not what these people who are getting breached are these are pretty much you know they're 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 not full-time employees for the company but they their relationship would be as if it is like that and i want to make that distinction because I think some of these contractor breaches get brushed under the rug or they're minimized because it's like, oh, well, it wasn't SpaceX. It was a company that they work with. Similar to like the first first most popular one where it was uh, a target contractor was the cause of the target breach. Well, it just so happens that that target contractor worked for Johnson Controls, right? And nobody wants to talk about the fact that Johnson Controls, A, had their own problems with when it comes to cybersecurity, but Johnson Controls is a very large facility, mm-hmm. you know, company that provides these types of services to large corporations like Target and others. Um, and you know, I'm sure that this contractor that got breached in both cases, both Target and here with with SpaceX, was somebody who had a, 
a lot of access and a lot of information. And, you know, I, I, I just wanted to point that out because I think like a lot of these articles that we see, and I think we see more of them these days, this is kind of what they're saying. And, and I think people almost stop reading once they, Oh, it wasn't SpaceX. It was a, it was a contractor. There's, I don't need to read anymore. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So, we're talking 3000 drawings. Right. Yeah, so these are drawings for parts for spaceships, most likely, and can be something that the bad guys could sell to people. I think you you have to, you know, you always talk about, and we always talk about on the show, about segmenting your network. Um, you have to think about that when dealing with your vendors, um, dealing with subcontractors, how much access do they get to your company? You also need to think about, how much access are you giving them? So think of a virtual firewall between them and you. Mm-hmm. How much access are you giving them? And if it's something like this, which is secret company parts, data, drawings of parts, parts for spaceships are probably not available anywhere else on the internet because somebody that's decently smart could take all these and put them together and figure out how you're making your rocket and steal the technology, you know, China, North, North Korea, list goes on and on, you know, but, but, but bottom line is if you have a vendor that has this kind of information that can affect your company, they need to be vetted. You need to make sure that they're secure. I'm thinking of a real world example right now um, of a company that we work with and their vent, their, their, their vendor that does their benefits. Um, I know they have issues. This is making me think of this just now. The benefit provider has issues because they balk at cybersecurity and that's putting a customer of ours at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so bottom line is you need to, you need to vet your vendors just like you would vet your IT company, just like you would vet everything that you do and make sure that they're secure. Rent over. And, and make sure that you're going to make decisions based on that information too. <clears throat> you know, so if you find that yourself in one of those situations, it's time to look at other vendors. Yep. So Lockbit is uh, kind of <clears throat> egging on Elon Musk a little bit. And on their leak site, they released some information saying that we will help you sell your drawings to other manufacturers and mm-hmm. build the ship faster and fly away. Um, it says on their dark leak site on the listing. Um, and then now it's basically saying that they have 3,000 drawings certified by SpaceX engineers and that <clears throat> Lockbit is going to offer the information for auction in one week unless it receives a ransom payment. And before we wrap up this show, guys, I want to talk about this kind of extortion stuff that we're seeing around ransom payments and what we traditionally think of ransomware and ransomware payments. Um, But continuing on on this subject, none of those claims could be confirmed. And uh, Maximum Industries couldn't immediately be reached for comment. That's the contractor that was uh, supposedly breached here. Uh, Lockbit has not stated whether it also deployed crypto locking malware in the business network. Um, Lockbit uses its data leak site to attempt to name and shame victims who don't quickly accede to its ransom demands. Um, by listing a victim, the PR savvy group hopes it will increase the pressure to pay. Uh, and then some groups also charge a separate fee for a promise that they'll delete the stolen data, but professional ransomware responders say 
They know of no case in which the thieves have ever honored such a promise. Hmm. Um, so uh, basically this also goes on to say that, um, you know, Lockbit um, also were the ones that hit the ransom, had the Royal Ran uh, Royal Mail a few weeks or about a month or so ago, um, only to change its tune uh, and basically say that the, basically my point is, is that SpaceX was hit the same way Royal Mail was, which was by a third party that breached the network and then sold access to this group. Um, and then in the Royal Mail case, at the end of the article here, basically said that um, Britain's Postal Service declined to pay what it characterized in a, as an absurd ransom demand. But why I wanted to bring this up is because instead the organization restored from backups or put workarounds in place <clears throat> although it took about six weeks before full service was restored. So Royal Mail was out of commission for six weeks because they decided not to pay the ransom. Um, and I wanted to point that out because that's a big topic lately. You, you know, you have the FBI and the U S government that comes out and says, don't pay the ransom, don't pay the ransom, but at what cost? Right. So um, where do you think this one's going to end up fellas? I mean, here we go. Lockbit has a, uh, contractor out for to SpaceX. It didn't work out so well. I remember for the group that hit the Apple uh, design company that had all the designs for the Apple products and stuff like that, and they tried to extort Apple. Um, do you think SpaceX gives a crap or is going to get the attention here that, that uh, they're looking for? Elon's just going to try and buy Lockbit, I think. <laughs> Exactly. He's the new CEO of Lockbit. Right. <laughs> um, I think that most likely, no matter what he does, um, there's probably already Chinese officials who have already reached out to Lockbit, probably already have bought this stuff. Um, so no matter what they say out in public, I can almost, I would, I, I would be willing to bet big bucks that they're going to sell it. It'll get sold to the Chinese so they can use it. Uh, for their uh, for their technology, um, but past that, who who knows what he, what what they're going to do about it? Yeah, I personally, I just think that Lockbit is going to try everything they can to uh, get SpaceX to pay, and when that fizzles out, they'll start auctioning this off for whatever they can get for it, which probably isn't going to be a whole heck of a lot, quite frankly. I mean, what are you going to do? Buy these drawings and start up your own company from scratch? It's going to take you billions of dollars to start anything like this. You know, it's not like they're, uh, <laughs> it's not like they're stealing like, uh, drawings for creating like toys. Um, you know, you got to have some really smart people. You got to pay a lot of people. Um, I think, I think the risk is low here for this group. Uh, and I think if anything, when they do go out and sell it, it'll be to, you know, it, it could potentially be a, maybe a, a, a government that might want to come in and get their hands on something like yep. this. Um, but I would guess that the people behind it, certain governments will get it without paying <laughs> would be yeah. right. Now, so. <laughs> so Putin I, walks over to the next office. Guys, let me get this one, please. Uh, so we're going to. We're going to file this next one, guys, under, uh, hey, uh, 
we this is getting really bad out here, but the city of Los Angeles, geez, I mean, California is just really getting it, uh, their government in terms of data security and, uh -huh. and issues. Here we are, um, you know, data security event after Lockbit ransomware gang targeted the organization and leaked stolen data in the attack. That's kind of the update here is that the housing authority of the city of Los Angeles, which I think we covered this originally when it happened on the show, uh, the government agency, which operates an annual budget of about a billion dollars, also provides job training and education to help eligible families achieve self-sufficiency and improve their quality of life, which, you know, all in all, I mean, I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure this is uh, not run like a perfect business, but they do try to do uh, some good with the money that they, they have, the budget that they have. So it kind of sucks that, you know, a criminal gang decided to take advantage of, a, of mm -hmm. an organization like this. Um, but um, and again, a treasure trove of identifiable information that can be used to secure all sorts of different things. Right. So, um, you know, when this attack first happened, they basically said, you know, we don't have we have no reason to believe that any information was compromised. Um, as we always snicker on this show, I'm sure if we go back and listen to it, we probably snickered about that <laughs> statement. Um, and here we are uh, about six weeks later. And these are all the pieces of information that these guys were able to steal in this my, this little event that they had. Um, and I think the biggest thing in this article is that they were in the systems for a year. Yeah. You're telling me you, you have a billion dollar budget and you don't have an, uh, some some simple tools to let your IT company to know that, you know, something is in your network that that's a little off. Well, that's it's it's easy for us to say because we live in that world, I, I think. Right. Um, we did talk about that. When I think when we talked about the initial attack on the sh on the show originally, because I remember saying like, "Wow, they've had somebody in there for a year." Um, so I guess you know part of part of me says, "Are the people running these organizations or running any organization out there? Are they even aware that these tools exist that you can monitor for?" you know, whether you have somebody in your network or, or something like that. Right. Um, I think that's the problem that we're, we're really faced with right now as cyber defenders it's, is that people, and it's not that we don't talk about it on the show. I guess we just don't say it in this way, which is in my opinion, companies put in a tool, right? They, they start doing MFA, they start using a password manager, they start, implementing um you know phishing campaigns or phishing simulation uh and then they also do security and awareness training so they they're doing things they feel like they're doing something um but we know that those things are not enough to to really protect companies um and i think that's kind of the battle that we fight every day as cyber defenders is like yeah you're doing all these things and you're moving in the right direction but you're not doing nearly enough to protect yourself from all this stuff that's happening out there. You guys agree with me on that or am I kind of off, off base? 
think Randy's typing an email. I was, no, I was typing into our uh, into our green room chat right here. So I just I just think this is really really bad. I mean, because one of the things on the list is a credit debit card number. I mean, they could have been using all that over the past uh, year while they were in there, um, and then this stuff. The other information can be used for opening credit, can be used for targeted, targeted phishing emails. Um, and you're I, I think a lot of people are just busy to, to kind of answer your question. I think a lot of people um, like maybe the IT department here, they're just busy. They got their head down. They're doing what they can. They're probably understaffed. And, you know, um, they don't get around to much more than what they're doing. You know, I was um, recently with uh, at a at a Texas uh, agency um, and was talking to some of their staff. They have several hundred, I think, 400 employees and they have like 40 different offices. They've got three IT staff um, supporting like 40 offices and 400 employees. Um, and they're just, you know, they're not even the people aren't even allowed to call in because they're so busy. They have to do everything via email, you know. So I don't know if it's straight up negligence or or what, but you know, it's a big issue. So moving right along, we're kind of going to move into the rapid fire portion of the show here, as we're forty one minutes in, and um, so we got kind of a similar situation here with the LA housing authority is the Minneapolis public schools. Um, they are releasing more and more information as time moves on here that they, that data has been stolen and, and is in the hands of cyber criminals and they're threatening to do things with it. Um, kind of the same deal, right? There's not much more to say than that. I don't know if you guys have anything specific you want to talk about regarding this, but that's kind of where we're at with the Minneapolis public schools and, um, carbon copy uh, story of another school district. Yeah, mm -hmm. another school district. You know, more data or more more damage being talked about well after the fact, and this is even more of a recent attack than what we saw kind of with the last one with LA uh, Housing Authority. So, as time moves on here, this is only going to get worse for Minneapolis public schools. So. There's a lot of schools right now at the university level. Also, guys that we're not talking about on the show that we know are under cyber attack. You can just do like ransomware university and a Google news search and you can kind of go see what we're talking about. There's probably two or three right now that happened in the last week among the ones that are already dealing with it. Um, and then we also have uh, <clears throat> a really uh, good one here. And I'm going to pass this one off to as soon as i get this pop-up out of here oh my god sorry which guys. one you got which one you gonna pass off i can take it yeah i'm gonna go with the uh this sbv one because uh, i think that's interesting um and and like why we want to talk about this quickly because i think this is important and it's timely so go ahead andre yeah, so what we have here, obviously, the, the situation with SVB Bank and, and it collapsing. And unfortunately, the cyber criminals are taking advantage of this and sending out emails um, trying to get people to click on. Uh, this is like basically people in desperate situations where now they're getting emails 
to click on the link that eventually tricks them into now putting in their, their, their personal information. So we see domains now being purchased and um, it's being monitored that there's thousands of phishing emails going out now. Um, and I think it's really sad um, if the, not to go off topic, but had the federal government not bailed this bank out today, you know, Tuesday, we would have had a lot of chaos. And if someone said, Hey, I'm a lawyer, you know, let's try to go after them or click here because you can try to get some of your information. We always talk about when people are desperate, they do stupid things. And this would have been something really stupid that someone clicked on an email, put in, you know, wire information or whatever they think they, they needed to do in order to get their money. And then just like that, um, they just gave their information to the bad guys. And, and it also kind of highlights to go along with that. And what you're making me think of is these, these bad guys are living and breathing this every day. And so they see something like this chaos. And what's the first thing that pops to their mind? Let's go get a hundred domains that take advantage of this, like login-svp.com and this and that, and then send this out to everybody we know. You know, if you put, if you send out a billion emails to the United States, you're going to hit some people who had SVB bank and they're going to click on it. You're going to just hit some people that are just like, oh gosh, I'm afraid that'll click on it as well, um, I would think. But anyway, um, I was chuckling when you were talking not about what you were saying but um, they have a little quote from a tweet there where somebody was sent an email and he says, excuse me, but I do not ACH money to numbers provided by unsolicited emails. And <laughs> it made me laugh because it's funny, but I think also he might be kind of serious, which also yeah. made me laugh also. So anyway. So uh, moving right along and kind of on, along the same lines as what you kind of just brought up there about, you know, changing tactics, taking advantage of stressful situations, getting people to react when they might not be thinking clearly are all things that, that happen in these events. And ransomware gangs, again, are fine tuning their extreme blackmail tactics. And um, this article on Axios kind of talks about, again, the Minneapolis public school system. Um, and we, we kind of saw this a little bit with L.A. County. Uh, school district is, you know, student information being released and the same things happening at Minneapolis public schools where there was um, uh, records that relate to sexual student or student sexual violence allegations, letters to parents about student suspensions and things like employee tax forms. Um, and that's a big thing. And, and, and I, I'd love to have what, like, I see some of these sports talk shows. They have, like, a guy who, like, goes back and, like, checks things on, like, previous shows on what guys have said on the show. I'd love to have a guy like that on this show because I'm pretty damn sure that at some point we talked about on this show the fact that traditional ransomware was going to go away and they weren't going to encrypt files anymore. They were just going to take files and threaten to release yeah. them. And that's exactly what this Axios article talked about is they're figuring out that from a business standpoint, they don't really need to encrypt the data. They can just steal it and threaten to release it. And if they can get juicy enough data, they can get a lot of money for it. Yep. Yeah. We've said that not just once or twice. I mean, I think that 
if you went back over all of our podcasts over the last year, we've probably said it 20 times easy yeah. um, talking about it. You know what it makes me think of? Um, I have a friend who lives down in Mexico, and at some point they were kidnapping people and asking for a ransom. And just to make things easier, they started doing express kidnapping where they would take a picture of somebody in public and then send you the, the text and say, hey, send me money or we'll we'll kidnap this person. It's the same kind of thing here. Like why go through all the rigmarole of, you know, encrypting and unencrypting and this and that They can just steal your data and then just give you a ransom note. You know, it's like an express way of doing what they used to do. That took a lot longer. I know we just have three minutes left, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit these last two real quick. Med USA ransomware yeah. picks up. We're going to be talking about these guys uh, probably a lot in the very near future. They've been around for a couple of years, but they haven't been very prolific, but they're becoming very prolific. Uh, and the way that they're encrypting computers and, 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 and successfully encrypting them, even with security products installed, um, plus how they operate their business is catching the eye of a lot of security researchers. Uh, so look out for these guys. We're going to be talking about them a lot in the future. Uh, and then just kind of touching base on Blackboard here that we talked about a long time ago. Um, back in 2020, they had a ransomware attack and they just paid the SEC $3 million for not being honest with the public about what was compromised in the breach. And if you recall back in 2020, mm -hmm. they said that, you know, no data was exfiltrated or no, we had no reason to believe data was touched. That was important. Come to find out it was, and the SEC now has come in several years later and said, you're going to pay us some money now for doing what you did. Hopefully that um, sets a precedent here too. And we, we start, you know, cause we we've read many of these disclosures on this show and, and had that same reaction. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, almost every single one, but this also, why I wanted to talk about this, this also means that, again, we talk about this on the show all the time, companies are dying slow deaths from these attacks, right? They, they don't think, they think, oh, we can just get through this, pay the ransom. You know, it's a 90-day event. Here, it, this is a three-plus-year event that yeah. this company's been dealing with this. And it's cost them way more than $3 million because they've had to, you know, dedicate time, money, and resources to dealing with this problem at a lot of different levels, including this SEC investigation, among other things. So I, I know they're pushing for more transparency and hopefully we'll get that. I think it's also going to cause more lawyer generated, on one hand, more lawyer generated statements like we saw a couple of weeks ago, an encryption event. Yep. Um, but also, I would say probably good advice before you say anything to the public talk to your lawyer when you do have one of yeah. these so you know exactly what to say so you don't end up hurting yourself down the road you know they're going to help you uh deal with that yep all right guys thanks for your time today that wraps up the show for this week and we will talk to everybody next week take care everyone see you later bye, -bye.